Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Target Transfers podcast, the number one heat printing podcast in the world. Today, we have a very exciting guest for you. We have got Danielle, the social media marketing manager for Styles in America. And we're going to talk a little bit today about marketing for your heat printing business. So whether you're thinking of starting a business or you've just started one and don't really know where to start, or if you need, uh, if you've been doing it for a while and you need some tips, we're going to cover a whole load of topics today. So yeah, if you're keen to hear about more marketing for businesses, then keep watching. Danielle, thanks for joining us today. How are you? Hi, great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk about this. I think it's important for our customers. I think it is. And I think it's perfect and very uh, in sync that we've got you joining us as well, seeing as you, along with Carly, run the social media for Styles. So everybody that's watching will be very interested to get some insights from the masterminds behind Styles US accounts. <laughs> yeah, we're very, uh, so, yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> good, good. Where do we want to start today then, Andy? Got anything um, I mean, it's uh, so kind of a quick question, Danielle, is obviously we're going to get into some real detail about uh, Marketing 101 today and how to get started. But I was wondering, is there anything that you've learned as the Styles channels were growing? So do you, do you remember what the Styles uh, social accounts looked like when you first joined? I mean, I mean half of them weren't, didn't even exist. I know the same for, for myself for Target Transfers. It, but it wasn't even an Instagram when I first started here. Yeah, me either. No? Mm -hmm. I didn't That's know that. True. Yeah, no TikTok, no Pinterest, no, I, maybe Pinterest, but yeah, been doing it a long time, have seen a lot of channels come through. So yes, the difference from then till now, completely different. Yeah. What do you remember, Andy, from that time? I mean... I think that's it. Yeah, for me, when I first started, we had a we had a Facebook. We kind of had Twitter a little bit, um, but there was no Instagram, and there was no real. There was not really anyone in our space talking about heat printing either, which I right. thought was quite interesting. Over the last few years, it's really changed a lot in terms of how we perceive the business and how our customers are interacting with the business. I think mm -hmm. where, especially in the UK where everyone's, it's always been a kind of a bit of a mindset of, oh, don't tell anyone what you're doing. Don't give any secrets away. Keep them to yourself. Um, there's no kind of idealism about growing the, the industry, but actually what we've noticed over the last couple of years is that those that are kind of actually more vocal about um, how they do things and why they do things and what they're interested in are actually more successful. They're not losing business, they're gaining business, but they're also helping the, the industry grow as well, uh, which I think mm -hmm. is really encouraging. It's been really interesting to see um, how people have um, changed their approach. Um, and things like the, the Heat Press for Profit group, which Style sponsor, if anyone's not part of that they should really join that for okay. one um but when you see the successes people have had um and the way they're marketing their business uh, differently the way they're talking about it because you know a hotronics machine is the best machine on the market you know it's like that's a, a badge of honor to have one of those using <laughs> target transfers or transfer expresses again is a badge of honor it's, it shows your, your product is high quality um so actually talking about it is is been a real boom for a lot of our customers and i think that's it's starting to be seen even more of in the UK, but in the US, that's it's much more of a that's much more of a mindset already. The, the entrepreneurial spirit in the US, the way to get things done, um, 
that kind of share the love a little bit about how they do it, I think is what's been really interesting. So, so I'm really excited to have you on today because I think the UK is starting to catch up a bit with the way the US um, fulfillment companies or brands are marketing their business. So I think there's a lot that our customers in the UK are going to be able to learn from this podcast. Great. Yeah. I remember in the very beginning of with Facebook. So we had Facebook and Twitter as well. And um, I remember some people saying, oh, who wants to follow a business on social media? Yeah. <laughs> and now it's, you know, it's the norm. It's absolutely yeah. the norm. So, yeah. For anyone that's um, either has maybe a side hustle or a smaller sort of startup printing business, um, or for anyone that's maybe thinking about starting their own business, when you look at the volume of content and the amount of small businesses that are producing content around this space, it's it can be quite overwhelming to look at initially, um, especially if you, like I say, you're new to the industry and you maybe don't understand all of the aspects or you have a specific niche. Um, is, there, is there anything that you'd recommend people to do when they first start out in marketing a printing business? Because I can... I can certainly imagine certain people having fears or um, insecurities. Quite overwhelming as well. Yeah, it can be quite an overwhelming uh, space to come into. So where would you recommend that people start for, for print, marketing a printing business? I would say the very first thing to figure out is who you're marketing to. Who is your audience, right? So many people say, oh, everybody. And unfortunately, while we want to sell to everybody, it's not always feasible. When you say everybody, are they 13-year-olds and their parents? Or are they, you know, 13-year-olds don't have, a lot of 13-year-olds don't have money. Some do. Um, some YouTubers <laughs> have a lot of money. But um, I really believe that figuring out who your target market is first is the key. So you can still sell to everybody, but figuring out, sort of narrowing down the audience, right? So is it cheer moms? Is that who you're selling to? Is it football players, whether it's soccer for you guys or football for you guys or soccer for us, right? It's, it's figuring that out though, and then it will be so much easier to market to, to that group. Because when you're trying to talk to everybody, you really are talking to nobody right? So yeah, and it's, I suppose it's how you talk to people as well. Yes, absolutely. You'll talk very differently to a cheer mom than you will to say um, a drag racer or, you know, even a football coach, right? You're going to talk differently to a football coach. What's important to a football coach is very different than what is important to the cheerleading squad, right? You have, you know, football players have, um, there's tackling involved, at least U.S. football, <laughs> there's tackling involved and things like that where you want numbers and letters that will stick to the jersey and go with abrasion and things like that where the cheer uh, squad usually wants something glittery or something flashy that's going to show on the side of the field, right? So you're, you're going to need to figure out who you're targeting first, in my opinion. Again, you can you can sell to everybody, but if you narrow it down a little bit, 
that'll be so much easier. The other thing to think about too is once you've actually narrowed down the target, figure out where they are. Are they on Facebook? Are they on Instagram? Maybe they're on TikTok. So it's not just where you want to be because I think we all have a favorite channel, right? I mean, I do, right? So, but what is your favorite channel, Danielle? As a social media marketing manager, what is your favorite social media channel? I love Instagram. I just love how visual it is. I love Facebook. It's, you know, it's really been my baby. I've really kind of grown it organically and things like that, but I still love Instagram. There's just, it's a very engaged group of people, which I love, but I love them all. <laughs> I have to, you know, um, but anyway, so figuring out who, where your target is, while I love Instagram, a lot of our clientele is still on Facebook, right? Where people say Facebook is dead. It's not dead. It's there's billions of people still there. Um, but again, you have to figure out where the group is and that's where you should start. Yeah, I do think a lot of people assume that because they get high engagement on face uh, on Instagram, sorry, that and they don't on Facebook, that that's where their sales will come from. But we mm. know from experience the majority of the audience and um, general custom base is on Facebook. Whether or not they like or comment on something mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're not there. And that is where majority of our ads, for example, go. Um, Mm -hmm. Instagram is fantastic and there are a lot of customers on there. But I do think specifically for heat printers, there are a lot more sales come through Facebook than Instagram. Yes, I would agree. I absolutely agree. I still recommend that everybody have a Facebook page. And when I say page, I mean a business page. If you're going to be in business, open a business page, not a profile, a personal profile. It's not the same. You'll get different. um, You'll be able to have analytics, details of what's happening on your page, you know, things of that nature. You'll be able to do ads if you want to do ads down the road. Um, A personal profile won't uh, offer that. Plus, if you have a business page, right, it's, it's where your you know, you can put your business address, you can put your website, if you have one, you can do all these things, and then you can share onto your personal page. But, you know, we all know not always, uh, not all of our friends and family want to hear about our business all the time. (laughs) You know, it just is what it is. People like to be supportive for a moment. (laughs) But you're really trying, are they your target market? Are they the niche that you want to deal with, right? Or that you want to attract? Maybe, maybe not. So it's good to have something separate. Yeah, I think that's something that our MD learned in the early days, our original targets, original Facebook was a personal and obviously we have a business page now and have done for quite a few years um but I remember when I first joined and I discovered the personal one I sort of half I half laughed I was like I can't believe this is how it all started <laughs> on right. a personal profile but I think that um, back in the day when it started though I don't even know that there were business profiles really in the very beginning of it right and then that um it evolved into that and then I think people were just like oh I don't need that I already have a personal one and then that's a really good point actually yeah you know, I didn't think about it like that yeah. 
Something else that you said to me a while ago as well is when you're on social media, speak to people as if you're talking to them in person, not as if Mm -hmm. you're selling to them on a pitch. And that's something I haven't, I've never forgotten that every time we do social media work, I always read it back and I think, does this sound like what I say to somebody if they were sat in front of me? Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important message for anyone that has social media, if it's, especially if it's a business account Mm -hmm. um, and you're trying to reach people, because like you've said many a times before, people don't go on social media to be sold to. They go on there to be entertained and to escape Mm -hmm. and have general, have a, a laugh at something or see a post from family or friends and it's very difficult and quite invasive to be harshly selling to people when they're in that space. So mm-hmm. how you talk to them and go about it is is, is really important for sales and for our uh, brand branding as well. Yeah. I really believe that you need, for businesses specifically, people need to know, like, and trust you first before they're, before they're going to purchase from you, right? And if you're always selling, they're going to walk away. I mean, it, I, I know I've said this to you many times, Molly, <laughs> we have these conversations, but I really believe in this, that I think of social media like a cocktail party. If, you know, when you go to a cocktail party or any type of reception or something, and you walk up to a group of people and someone is just talking about themselves, themselves uh, incessantly, right? What do you do? You kindly walk away maybe don't even say anything, just disappear. Because who wants to listen to someone always talking about themselves? A conversation is a two-way street. So I think what happens a lot of times too with businesses is they think, oh, social media, it's just another place for me to sell all the time. Where, yeah, you can sell there. And yes, money is there to be made for sure. But it's not your website, right? Social media, as we've said already, is to be social. So some of the things that we um, go along with or whatnot is we at Stalls, our rule is 80-20. That's our, you know, 80% of our content is entertaining, educating, um, fun, silly, you know, questions. We love to learn about our customers, right? And it may be as simple as what's your favorite drink, right? What do you like to listen to when you're heat printing? Things like that. That helps us learn about our customers so we can relate to them better, right? As opposed to buy, 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 buy this, buy this, buy this, buy this, right? That's no fun. Who wants to go to a page that says that? No one. But if we can make you laugh in the middle of a very stressful time that you're keep printing a bunch of t-shirts and you come to our page or you see us in your feed and you're like, oh my gosh, that is hilarious. Our job is done for the day, right? Because that's what you want. You want, you know, and we'll talk about our, our products for sure. We'll teach you how to use our products, but we're not saying shoving it down your throat saying buy this. We're giving you opportunities to learn how to use it in different ways that will help you profit. That's where we're at. We have always prided ourselves on education. There's no question there. Yeah, that's definitely something that we tend, we really do try and focus on across, not even just our social medias, but YouTube and even our website. There's so much educational content on there, which is 
really important for everybody because like you say, social media is a two-way conversation. Well, a relationship between a supplier and a brand is a two-way street as well. You can't have, you know, the better your, the better our customers do, the better our business does. So there's no Mm -hmm. point just selling them something. And then if they either have issues with it or they want to try something with it, or they're interested in something else and going, no, you've bought now, I'm not interested anymore. Mm -hmm. Same with heat printers and their customers, you know, they need to learn what their customers like and what they don't like and engage with them so that they can build that long-term relationship for for future business as well which as I say we've done sort of our two-minute Tuesdays uh, have come out on our YouTube recently which is just a really short snippet but it's something new and something different every week so for people that don't necessarily have a lot of time or they want to just quickly watch something and they don't want to have to skip through to just get to the key points they can just watch a quick video but there's always it's an educational video it's not just buy Mm -hmm. this product you know it's this is how you do this this is how you make this more efficient this higher quality and Mm -hmm. I think that across socials as well has a has a big impact yeah I would agree with that I think that what Danielle and Molly just been talking about there about these and the 80 20 was a great way to look at it but isn't it obviously we're here to educate our customers but whoever's listening to this is in a position to educate their customers as well so if you're if you're doing fulfillment you can educate your customers on absolutely absolutely everything you do whether it's the t-shirts or hoodies you use the transfers using the presses using or anything you're doing how clean your workspace is. It could be absolutely mm-hmm. anything that proves your how great you are. Or you can even educate them on what to look for with a supplier like yourselves. Mm-hmm. There's so much educational content out there that you don't even realize is valuable to your customer and interesting to them. Mm-hmm. Or likewise, if you're uh, a clothing brand that's listening to this and you're just purely buying our stuff and selling to an end user, but you can educate on your brand and if it's um the products ecologically friendly or whatever it may be or just a kind of day in the life whatever it is you're doing or like you say daniel just something that's completely completely different to the actual product but it's something there just to break up the day it's something that's perhaps culturally relevant to your type of brand but it's still just something to you know take people's minds off things is anyone any business can a- apply that logic to their to their business mm-hmm. Absolutely. Another thing for like um, clothing brands and and whatnot is how how do you style your outfits, right? If you're selling shirts that have graphics on it, how are you styling it? Will you style it with jeans and boots? Will you style it with what's the a shacket? That's a new thing here. Um, <laughs> I, love, I love a shacket. I think that's a new thing. Yeah. So, um, but that's fun too to see. Like, and then encourage your your customers to take photos as well and tag you in them you know and then ask if you can reshare that because again it's people proof right someone else has purchased from you so if you now share that on your social media that's marketing and saying hey we're not the only ones saying that we're great our customers love us too you know if there's testimonials or if there's reviews on uh anywhere on your site on your um even on your socials if someone says hey i love this t-shirt i bought put that out there you know it's not it's not i guess the content doesn't always have to come just from you right and that's something else to think about like if you're a local brand think about sharing events that are happening 
be a source for your followers, right? Be a source of what's happening, where you're going to be. If you're going to be doing events, share that out there, right? But again, don't, I think it's the, the, um, I see it so much that people only, again, only talk about themselves. So you ha it's that balance of figuring out how to talk around yourself, but not all, look at me, I'm so great, and we're having this sale, and this is all we ever talk about on any of our pages, right? It's really not interesting. You know, like quotes, honestly, quotes are fun and funny. Um, there's some other things to think about, too, like calendar events, Halloween's coming up right? Talk about that. If you have some designs about Halloween, talk about that. Ask your followers if they love Halloween or if they, what do they do for Halloween or if they need um, what their favorite costume they ever wore, right? Or made or whatever. Um, but think in those terms, like when there's calendar things happening and then think about conversational things too of your favorite autumn drink. I've already said that. But um, your favorite, I don't know, things to do on the weekend. What are you What are you guys up to this weekend? You know, that's that's a simple question, but a lot of people love to talk about themselves and tell you about it. That's what you want. You want that engagement. Another part of that too. So there's strategy behind all this. It's not just, you know, it's fun and it's great for our customers and things like that. But it's also strategy because the more people are commenting on your posts, the more people will see it in their feeds, right? On every channel, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or even, you know, TikTok, whatever. It's um, the more people are engaging, the more they are bumped up in feeds and will see more of your content along the way. So it's important to to engage but again here's another thing too with if people are commenting on your posts don't just leave them because again think about if someone came up to you and said something straight up to you and you just walked away <laughs> you never do that in person right <laughs> but that's really what you're doing if you just leave a comment hanging even if it's a hey thanks or a smiley face or something acknowledge people because it's a person behind that computer or phone who are commenting took the time to say hey i love this or hey you know even a, a we get a lot of um the flame you know hot whatever we respond with that because we're acknowledging that you came to our page or you saw us in your feed and you said, you know, you took two seconds out of your life to, to communicate with us, right? So we're going to acknowledge you as opposed, I mean, I think, think of that. I mean, if you really think about that, it's so silly, but, but if you think about the reality, you'll never do it again. You'll never no, I think you've, I think you'll your spot on there and it, it just it made me smile because the amount of times I've had a, a conversation with someone just in emojis on our page like when we post the funny memes and things and people just comment laughy faces and then you respond something else back and you just ha end up having conversations in emojis yeah. and it's, yeah. it's brilliant yeah perfect but again at least you're responding right I mean there's so many times we see people out there that are not responding and it's like 
okay well you just yeah. completely ignored them you and it's good for engagement them. as well isn't it as much as yes it's polite to acknowledge them and you know like you say you wouldn't just walk away if somebody was speaking to you in real life um but it, it helps boost your posts and your page if you the more comments even if they're between back and forth you know that's why you try and start conversations on posts because it boosts them mm -hmm. to more people which then in turn grows your business and there's always there's always a, uh, multiple reasons behind why you do mm -hmm. certain things on social media and then um, that made me made me think of the all of the memes that we share. I know we sometimes share similar ones or even the same ones to our different audiences. Sure. Um, but I think that definitely helps break up our customers' weeks if they're having a stressful week or they're busy printing and they see something that's funny and relatable and they can go, oh, that's so me this week. I think that really resonates with people yeah. rather than just, yeah. oh, have you tried this vinyl? And they're in the middle of trying to work out another one and they're like oh I can't deal with more than one at the same time and I think just yeah having those like light-hearted um yeah. posts go out makes all the difference especially yeah, like towards Thursday Friday <laughs> yes for sure I think it's also very important sorry Andy I know you want to talk but I believe the you know having it be relatable right so if you know your market who you're speaking with, you'll understand what's important to them or what will make them laugh or what will help them, right? Again, it all goes back to who you're speaking with. That's my last point, Andy. Go for it. You can yeah. talk now. <laughs> I was just going to echo that, really. I was going to say, you shouldn't underestimate how engaged your customers are with your product. So, um, for instance, with, with us is that you, you sometimes forget that a lot of our customers might just be uh, one man or woman bands they're, they're working from their garage and they have no one else to talk about this right. they know no one, no one wants to talk nerdy heat presses or transfer peeling with them but so when true. you engage in they're like oh finally someone who's a kindred spirit i can talk to you about it yeah. but it's that ripple effect of like you're the people who are listening to this is that if they're a brand i don't know, let's say that you you've got a fashion brand or it's a clothing brand and it's based around a particular subject is that that person you're interacting with, you might be one of the first people they found that shares a common interest and like, finally someone who shares my love of X, I can mm -hmm. talk to them about it. So actually you, they, they're a lot more engaged with talking to you than you give yourself credit for probably. And I found that a lot of the yeah. customers here, or if you're doing fulfillment, for instance, you might be, you might just be doing some work where you think, oh, I'm just doing some polo shirts. It's, it's nothing exciting, but the person who's actually buying it might be, they might be there one time of the year, they get to buy new workwear for everyone in the office and it's really exciting. So actually they do want to engage with you because they're like, to them, this is the one of the best parts of their year or best parts of their day because they get to do something creative or interesting. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, you know, interacting with those people because that, well, where our customers might be, uh, it can be a bit of a lonely profession. Your customer might also be a bit of a lonely profession with that, the way they interact with your products as well. Yes, there's no question. I mean, I feel that way about Molly. When we have meetings, I'm like, oh, someone else <laughs> is totally geeking out on social media too. <laughs> we talk for about an hour just about absolute <laughs> rubbish, but we love it. <laughs> it is. It's wonderful. It's wonderful because you speak my language. That's the whole thing, right? It's that, yeah, you know, I know what you mean. You know I, I do that. Yeah, I do that as well. Like I'll go, I'll go home, for example, and talk about work and what I do and what a good day I've had and then after about five minutes everyone's like you done now and I'm like oh 
Whereas I come in here and I'm like, Andy, look at this camera. And, he, and we've spent like half an hour talking camera nerd about something else. And it is finding the people that have similar interests to you. And it isn't always going to be your friends and family. And that's right. fine. And I saw a, a post the other day that said something along the lines of, um, don't always expect your friends and family to share your business posts. And I think that's such a valid point because everybody Absolutely. assumes that, oh, they need to support my business and, oh, just share this post, share that post, to which I agree with to an extent. Mm -hmm. However, that might not be what they're interested in and they don't right. have to push your business on their socials in order to be supportive. So finding those people that are interested in that kind of thing and do want to support you and want to talk about mm -hmm. it with their followers as well is a whole, whole new ballgame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Um, so I think we've covered a lot of the where do you start content. <laughs> if anybody has any more questions on that. I just want to dive a little bit deeper into some of the more technical side of organic socials. Um, so before we jumped onto this podcast, we had um, a discussion about what we wanted to include. And one of those things that came up was the importance of things like cover photos, having the right image mm. sizes, descriptions, alt tags, mm. hashtags, all of the little things that take that bit extra time, but they make all the difference and people that haven't necessarily done their research on social media marketing might not be as aware of so um is there anything along those lines that you would recommend people try or things that you've sort of seen people make a difference of i know hashtags certain hashtags on certain reels make a big difference for our post performance mm -hmm. um for hashtags i think the biggest thing to remember is that you're using so hashtags are keywords right that people put on to post in case people don't know what hashtags are um and some people follow them but the ones that you use should be used for the the people you want to attract right so i see um just for an example i'm etsy right? There's a lot of people who make things who use the hashtag Etsy sellers of Instagram. So which is would make sense, I guess, because they're Etsy sellers and they're on Instagram, except that I don't believe that they're creating things to attract other Etsy sellers, right? So think in terms of who you're wanting to attract. Also, another, um, if you're a local business, right, if you have a brick and mortar, or even if you're out of your home, make sure you're using the hashtag of your city, of your state, country, county, whatever. So it's local, because local people follow local hashtags. And if you're a business in, say, I'm throwing out a, a city, I'm not sure I'm saying this right, but Kent even, Right. So if you're uh, or Braintree, right? Is that something? Yeah. Correct. Um, yay. <laughs> I got it right. Um, so if you're in Braintree, you should be using hashtag Braintree because you're a local business in Braintree. Right. So but also thinking like, are you um, a footballer? Like, is that who you want to attract? Use those hashtags that you're wanting to attract, not just random hashtags. Another thing to think about, too, is the size of the hashtag, the following of a hashtag. 
because some hashtags are millions of people and to to break into that and to be seen on that hashtag could be tough you know that it just depends on how many followers you've got what your content is things like that and how often you're um posting which don't post a bunch of things all at once that's considered spam so please don't do that <laughs> no matter what channel you're on please don't do that your followers will unfollow you quickly um but anyway so the the hashtags that you're wanting to use are that's just my point is think of what your ideal customer would be following or wanting to follow right that's my advice for that. Yeah, the the difference. Sorry, and the different sizes of hashtags have. Um, so I researched into this a couple of years ago because um, somebody mentioned it to me, and I was like, "Oh, that's actually a really good point." Um, and I think it was between one. If a hashtag has between one post and a thousand posts attached mm -hmm. to it, it was considered micro. If it had between a thousand and ten thousand, oh no, sorry, one to ten thousand is micro. Ten thousand to a hundred thousand is mini, and then anything above a mm -hmm. hundred thousand is considered like the major. Yeah. the huge huge hashtag so i think the sweet spot is between is in the middle somewhere i think some people benefit from using some of the smaller ones as well to reach mm -hmm. maybe like a really specific audience but in general the sort of mini ones in between that have sort of maybe a few few thousand posts to it or maybe like 20k or something like that i think that's the the sweet spot yeah yeah i, I, I was just going to say as well that the um if no one's ever listened to us talk about this before but uh, localization is massive for heat printers. It's still something that has a massive impact in US, in the UK. It's you, a lot of our successful customers are getting bit, are getting referrals from local businesses, and that's kind of the core of their business. So, what Daniel says about you know leveraging anything that can be done locally is a massive win, and is a great way to to grow your business. Um, still for heat printers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, yep. The um, what you were saying too, Molly, about the sizes of the hashtags, I think that it's important to to use a few of each. Doesn't ever hurt, right? So get some that no, are low, no, too. medium and high. So you have a, you know, um, a mixture of that. So you have chances of being seen in different ways, right? Oh, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think mm -hmm. you're always best to use a mixture of each. My point was purely that your best possibility of engagement or reach to new customers, to a decent amount of people, new customers seeing yeah. that post would be in that in-between spot. Um, mm -hmm. But no, by all means, yeah, the, the smaller ones are great for niches. The bigger ones are great for hitting that exposure. If you happen to catch a wave and it goes, then go with it. But yeah, no, I completely agree. Definitely, um, yeah, mix up the hashtags and add a few different ones in there. <laughs> so, and hashtags now are um, used across the board, even Facebook. You can use hashtags on Facebook. They started on Twitter and uh, Instagram were the big main ones, but uh, TikTok also, you know, they're, they're everywhere. Um, you were talking about images as well and descriptions, things like that. So cover photos. So this is, uh, so I'm thinking cover photos on like Facebook, right? So that's because that's mm -hmm. where your main 
cover photo is. A cover photo should um, explain what you do in pictures. You can have text in it, of course, as well. But very rarely do people go straight to your page unless they see you in a feed, right? In someone's feed or, or in the feed and you inter, um, engage with it. And then you think, oh, I'm going to go check that out. I'm going to go check out this page and see what that's about. Well, that cover photo is your billboard, right? So making sure that you have the right sizes, we talked about that a little bit. You can go on any of the channels, any of the social channels, and they have the sizing for their images for each, um, for desktop, for mobile, for all sorts of things. One thing to think about with um, a cover photo in Facebook specifically is trying to keep things into the center of the photo, like have a little bit of a bleed around it because when you put it onto um or it, you know in the area you know when you upload it to facebook it's going to change you know it depends on what screen you're looking at or whatnot so your most important information should be in the center area um you can have things you know around it but that's the key there make sure you have branding on it make sure your pictures are really clear and you know look great because again, it's like a website, right? It's it's when people get to it, they want to see it. The other thing that I always recommend is when you're uploading a photo like that or any photo, really, even if you're doing multiple photos in a post, to always have a description on each photo. Because while you're uploading, let's say four photos and it's a grouping, if people are looking at that, each photo individually, there's not a description on them, right? It's only in the main post. So if they're just seeing like, oh, well, what's that? You know, it might be different from what the actual main post says. Make sure you're doing a description on those. But on your cover photo as well, make sure that people understand what they're looking at, how they can contact you, whether it's a website or a phone number or whatnot, because I think the biggest thing is, is you need to lead people where you want to go, right? That's so important. People aren't going to click around your page to find your number or your website or whatnot. They're going to look at the photo and say, oh, that's cool. Oh, I can't figure out where to find you. Swipe. They're done, you know? So making sure that it's easy for people to do business with you is really important. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, that's that's something that tripped me up at first because I, when I first started um, in social media marketing, I would upload images to YouTube cover photos, Facebook, and like you say, depending on what platform you're viewing it on, they chop up differently. And even now I have to get the YouTube template and make sure that everything's within the desktop and mobile set and it never it's never completely 100% right. And I upload about five different ones before I'm happy with it. Um, but yeah, I think just double checking everything's right. And like you say, with the, the pictures, it's the amount of times that Facebook will just throw up an image to somebody and not the entire post. And then you look at that and go, well, what's that in context to? And um, right. it does happen. It's not, I don't see it often. But when I do it, I sort of stop and go, oh, okay, that's different. And 
-hmm. if anything people look more because it's not the typical post and then if it's not fully optimized like you say they don't know where to go and they'll just flick past it so yeah yeah one um you know we're talking about all the different um sizes and things like that one app that's really great to use for that is canva.com it's free do you guys have that in the uk you must yeah yeah i know we have canva yeah yeah because they have all the updated sizing you need you can just say i want to create something and it'll say instagram posts and it'll say oh 1080 by 1080 done you know so that's that's just one tip one tool that we use quite a bit no, that's a very good one. I will say, though, with Canva, the cover images for YouTube and Facebook, you still have to crop them, like you were saying, centered slightly, because even if you fill the whole page, for example, which I did not long ago, <laughs> uploaded it into Facebook and it chopped everyone's heads off. Mm -hmm. So even though it's technically the right size for the largest placement of Facebook or YouTube, it might not be for the desktop or mobile version. Right. Um, right. But like you say, majority of the sizing is the right size it'll be the right quality mm -hmm. if the picture's good enough mm -hmm. so yeah that's a very tip if you don't have i'm 90 percent sure the majority of people listening to this if they have small businesses or they market their small business will have canva or some form of free marketing graphic design tool but canva agree. is the best one i would agree um one thing to to note too if you're doing stories on right if you're doing stories on instagram and say TikTok, they're different. The the um, where the text goes is different, right? On on TikTok, it should be at the top, I believe it is. I can't think right now, but I think it's at the top. Like if you have any captions or any anything, it should be at the top. But on Instagram, it should be closer to the bottom, or I could be flipped. But they're not in the same areas, so. In terms uh, of where you should put them or where they automatically appear? Well, where if you're, let's say you're creating something in Canva for a story or even right from the app itself, right? Um, you have to take into to account where, where your handle shows up and where yeah. the things on the side show up, you know, the like and the share and all that stuff and where the, uh, the caption itself shows up. So sometimes you know, you put stuff in and it's covered by the caption or it's, you know, cut off at the top because your handle's up there as, as opposed to like on TikTok, it's at the bottom, at, at, on Instagram, it's at the top. Just the yes, bottom. no, you are correct because TikTok has a higher, the at is in the bottom left-hand corner and it's higher up, whereas on Instagram, it chops not as much, but it chops from the top to the bottom. So yeah, there's normally guides on, I know, I'm not sure for TikTok, but for Instagram there is, when you go to upload a story, there's normally a when you hover like icons and stuff over you drag it up so far and it will stop and show you the line before you go further so it's kind of like a idiot's guide but i mean if you don't know what it's for then you could very easily do that wrong <laughs> yeah well, it's I really annoying sometimes. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's that, happened to yeah. me before when i've gone to like click on someone's they've put like a link in or a profile and i've gone oh, i'll have a look at that and i physically can't click it because it's too high up and it's i just skip <laughs> past it <gasps> yes for sure. <laughs> uh, one other thing uh, I want to mention, which kind of brings it back down to um, who you're talking to and why, um, mm. is about why you would focus on one to two channels versus trying to master all of them at the same time, especially if you are newer to marketing a business, for example. Uh, 
Well, because it's overwhelming, to be quite honest. You know, we can do everything, but we can't do all things all at once, right? And to the quality. Right. So I would recommend when someone is first starting out to at least set up pages across the board. You can totally set them up as placeholders, right? So your your whoever is on those channels, if they're looking for your company, it will be there, right? With your contact information, with a great photo, with you know cover photo, whatnot. Um, and then choose one or two. I would say two at the very maximum channels to do to have social media have a social media presence. And though those one or two is where your ideal customer goes if they're sort of 35 to 40 or 50 maybe it would be actually it'd be more like 44 to 55 or something on facebook right and then 35 to 44 a lot is on instagram right so that's general but whoever you're looking for that's where you want to be um and do it well instead of spreading yourself super thin because you're starting a business right social media is great but you're starting a business so so to give yourself more time and more um and to be more productive right you want to go where the ideal customer is so if that's facebook or instagram or or TikTok or youtube or whatnot first go there make it great and then you can expand but don't wear yourself super thin because you're built like i said you're building a business a business takes a lot of time and energy and space and you know all those things that you want to do that well too one thing i will say though this has nothing to do with well sort of has something to do with social but i would say the number one tip i would have for any business starting at any point is to start an email list with. Oh, that's Andy's favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is. And the reason being is that an email list is something that you own. You don't own Facebook. You don't own Instagram. You don't own TikTok. If any of those channels went away today or are, are down for any type of time, right? You have no way of getting to your followers. But if you have an email list, you can market to them at any time because you own that, right? So what do you say, Andy? That's your that's your topic. Oh yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Much like you, going back to your very first point about, you know, you should be talking to your customers where they want to be talked to. That's mm-hmm. in the same way that that, that your customers today um, might migrate somewhere else in the future. So you should always be, you should have that data because you want, like, say, so you want to market to them, but you should always be prepared to migrate with them as well. Mm-hmm. You should always have that core to come back to. And like, say, so you own the data, you know, you can always interact with them because we've seen it before, you know. I mean, like, MySpace is disappeared mm-hmm. overnight almost. You know, there was, I mean, it seems to be, 
have stuck in now. But there was a, there was a point in time, and maybe like three or four years ago, we think is Twitter going to implode because it seemed like there was so much turmoil at the top there. You like you just don't know what was going to happen there. Right. And there'll be you know TikToks here now, and that's now one of the biggest platforms. But it wasn't here yesterday. Mm -hmm. And you know a lot of your customers that were on Instagram might have just deleted that app and gone all the way over there and now that's right. now that's redundant to you so if you like say you've got the email address and you've always got something to interact with them and nearly all of these platforms all require an email address so every single person who's going to be on them is going to have an email address it's the constant mm -hmm. um yeah. and it's and it's still and to be honest with you, email marketing is still very valuable for us and if done right it can oh. be valuable for any business as well mm-hmm there's a lot of um, email apps out there too that are free, right? That you can you can um, obtain email addresses and yeah. and automatically market to to your list. Um, what are some ways, Andy, that you think uh, people could obtain the email? I think it'd be just something like Mailchimp is something very easy to get started with because. It will store all your data. It's a very easy platform to create content with. It's drag and drop. So it's something that anyone could, you know, if, you're, if you've got enough skills to be using Photoshop or Illustrator to create artwork for transfers of vinyl, using something like MailChimp is something you could do in your sleep. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason not to do it. And it's a great way of storing that data. You can export the data if you then decide to move on to a more powerful a database tool in the future you can still keep access to it very easily so i'd say that's a, a very easy place to get started with and i think it's something like the first thousand contacts contacts on there is free mm -hmm. so you, you know you could get probably if you're growing business you could get quite a lot of time before you even have to start paying for it and even the enterprise versions are not expensive and then at that point they're, they're paying for themselves um anyway so that that would be a good place to start or if you just you know, just search MailChimp and um, there'll be some paid ads that come up for their competitors anyway. And you can have a little bit of a trial with all of them and find the platform that works for you. Um, because you know, it's very, it's very easy to send an email to customers. Um, and you can use all the, um, the 80, 20 rule we're talking about with it, educating or making things fun. A lot mm -hmm. of the same content you're creating will be able to find a home on one of these email platforms as well. It's, it's, it can be used as an extension of your, social media yeah i agree and to 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 obtain an email address from your customers i mean when they when they order from you ask them if they'd like to be you know kept up to date with what's going on with your company right or if you're in a, at events and things like that you know same idea people can sign up for it right there you know give it what how else would they sign up for that for an email list they could give um, you could give a discount, right? Yeah, give a discount, or or you could provide them with some sort of educational value, like an ebook or something like that. Sure. That can be um, educational to them. It provides value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are all great. Yeah. If anyone else has ideas, you maybe should put it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think that's everything we needed to. Yeah, I think the only today. Do you have anything else to add, Danielle, on this on the social media marketing side of things? I don't think so today. We covered a lot. We covered. We have. I do definitely think that we should do another episode in the coming weeks on 
marketing 201 if you will um because there's definitely a lot of things like batch filming and different people different platforms etc there's a lot more in-depth stuff that we could talk mm -hmm. about when you yeah. are ready to take that next step with your business marketing so i think we should definitely do that for people i think that'd be really useful yeah okay. absolutely I would, I would agree with that i think that's one of the most important things once you kind of get past the point of okay where have i you know to, just to recap a little bit you know where is your audience how do they want to interact as then and go then it's building back from that okay what do i how often do i need to be posting and like molly says it, batch posting is something that's very important but it's not mm -hmm. it's it's sorry it's something that's we can cover into a lot more detail mm -hmm. um if you've got questions about social media or something you'd like to know in a follow-up episode do leave comments or send us a message there's lots of things that we can cover and we'd be more than happy to help you on your way with that i think as well covering things like ads maybe would be a good idea not obviously completely nerdy into it but maybe just sort of touching base on the basic boost ads and the general location targeting and at what point you should use that and things i think that would be a good idea so yeah we'll definitely get um a second episode uh recorded with you danielle if you're up for that of course I've got one more, one last question for you, Daniel, before we go, because obviously we, I mean, we, we could, I'm sure we could talk every week about marketing um, because we enjoy We talk that. about it every day. But if, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, we can't, but for <laughs> anyone that's listening, who's doing a bit of social media for their business and like, I wish I had a bit more information or I wish I had someone that could talk to me about this all the time. Is there anyone that you would recommend as an educator that you turn to if you're looking for advice on new platforms or marketing inspiration that perhaps people listening could then uh, go and follow along too? That's a very good question. Yes. So that's a great question. There's so many great leaders of social media out there. Um, one of my main ones is socialmediaexaminer.com. It runs the gamut right? They talk about everything. They have a lots of um, experts out there. Andy Prestadina is really great too. Um, I can give you links for that as well for your show notes, but um, he is a content uh, marketer. He, they run an agency out of Chicago. It's called Orbit Media. And uh, they, they have really great, easy to follow content. But then there's also, you know, we have a social media ebook as well, how to do social media for teacher businesses. So um, we could get that to you as well. Um, I don't know. Those are my main two, though, Orbit Media and um, Social Media Examiner. How about you guys? What are your favorites? Well, mine's heavily focused on video and editing and all of the techie nerdy stuff behind that which i then put towards our reels and our promo videos and all of that uh, sort of thing um there's quite a few good tiktok accounts as well of people yeah. posting just generic idea like video ideas or mm. trending sounds and things like that i find they're really helpful but they come and go quite quickly like there's so many of them and I find it quite difficult to decipher which ones are true and which aren't and who's yeah, just doing it for engagement and what's actually accurate. And so mm -hmm. I think sources like um, credited creators on YouTube are, are, are really useful for, for that. Mm -hmm. I really, I find the, uh, the, we are social media newsletter really useful. The, the W E R S M.com. 
that's quite a good one because it kind of breaks down what's new in the industry, what's changing, what's different. So I'd encourage people to sign up for that newsletter. Um, but mostly probably just go on to like Spotify or podcast app, just search for a marketing and maybe a phrase that you'll need help with because there's so many podcasts, there's so many tutorials on YouTube and just try a couple of them out until you find the one that you can relate to the most and mm -hmm. make sure you're subscribed and interacting with that content regularly because there's people who are putting out marketing content two or three times a week and you can learn loads and loads from. Yeah, another one I'll add as well is LinkedIn. There's quite a lot of yeah. people and businesses doing solely social media posts like the PDFs that you swipe, basically mm -hmm. Instagram carousels for LinkedIn. Um, and they're quite often useful as well. Like Candy said, industry updates, um, general ideas there. I find those quite helpful. Just if I'm having a bit of a creative block, I'll sort of flick through that for yeah. 20 minutes or so and it will spark something. Yeah, that's smart. That's super smart. Yeah. Well, if you, guys, if you guys want to <laughs> come into the Heat Press for Profits Facebook group. Exactly, yeah. That's yeah. just literally what I was about to say. It was that. on the tip of Andy's tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, that. Andy. Thanks for having our back. <laughs> it, it, it really is a great place for, because it's it's other garment decorators talking about their problems and how they're dealing with those problems. So you can find some kindred spirits in there for sure. And there's successors. We get a lot of people yeah. doing very well and it's very inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Love I it. will definitely leave the link to Heat Press for Profit in the description of this Thank video for anyone that wants to go and join. Um, if you're a heat printer, would definitely recommend it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the only thing I would say as well is that if you'd like to meet some of your fellow heat printers, we do have a an exclusive launch event for Bella Canvas on October the 19th. Here in Braintree, we're doing an afternoon and an evening session. So if you'd like to meet some hello, some fellow heat printers. Um, I thought you were going to say hello fresh. I don't hello. know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to meet that. <laughs> yeah. Hello heat printers, yeah. sorry. You can meet some people that are in the same boat as you, walk in the same path, um, and you could probably learn a lot from each other in the networking parts. And you'll also get mm -hmm. to see uh, brand new Bella Canvas products that no one else has seen in the UK before. 2023 colors very yeah. exciting and we got wow. the exclusive today of what they are and you're not going to want to miss it because they are really good they are beautiful colors i wish i was going to be there that sounds wonderful we'll sounds have to send fun. you some uh, behind the scenes footage yeah, Daniel. <laughs> for sure. love that love that <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Danielle. I think this has been so helpful for so many people and we'll definitely get you back on in a few weeks and do um, the Marketing 201 to follow up from this for anyone that's interested. Um, yeah, and if you haven't already subscribed to the Target Transfers podcast, make sure you do that. If you would like to join either Heat Press for Profit, sponsored by Styles on Facebook or follow Styles on Instagram, any of their socials, I'll put all of that information in the description below. So go over there, say hi, say you're from Target's podcast. Um, and yeah, we will see you next Thursday with another podcast episode. Thank you so much for everything. It was so fun, you guys. Loved it. No, thanks, thanks Danielle. Danielle. Thanks.